Section 14 of the Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Zhao Shuqing, translated by Henry Bancroft Jolie, Chapter 31, Part 2. On the morrow, noon, found Madame Wang, Xue Chai, Lin Dai Yu, and the rest of the young ladies congregated in Dowager Lady Zhao's suite of rooms. Someone then brought the news that Miss Xi had arrived. In a little time they perceived Xi Xiangyun make her appearance in the court at the head of a bevy of waiting maids and married women. Bao Chai, Dai Yu, and her other cousins quickly ran down the steps to meet her and exchange greetings. But with what fervor girls of tender years reunite some day after a separation of months need not, of course, be explained. Presently she entered the apartments, paid her respects, and inquired how they all were. But after this conventional interchange of salutations, old lady Jia pressed her to take off her outer garments as the weather was so close. Xi Yin lost no time in rising to her feet and loosening her clothes. I don't see why, Madame Wang thereupon smiled, you wear all these things. It's entirely at Aunt Secunda's bidding, retorted Xi Xiangyun, that I put them on. Why, would anyone of her own accord wear so many things? Aunt, interposed Bao Chai, who stood by with a smile, you are not aware that what most delights her in the matter of dress is to don other people's clothes. Yes, I remember how, during her stay here in the third and fourth moons of last year, she used to wear cousin Bao's pelisses. She even put on his shoes and attached his frontlets as well around her head. At a casual glance, she looked the very image of cousin Bao. What was superfluous was that pair of earrings of hers. As she stood at the back of that chair, she so thoroughly took in our venerable ancestor that she kept on shouting, Bao Yu, come over. Mind the tassels suspended on that lamp, for if you shake the dust off, it may get into your eyes. But all she did was to laugh. She did not budge, and it was only after everyone found it hard to keep their countenance that our worthy senior also started laughing. You do look well in male habiliments. She said to her. What about that? cried Lin Dai Yu. Why, she had scarcely been here with us a couple of days in the first moon of last year, when we sent and fetched her that we had a fall of snow. You venerable senior and her maternal aunt had on that day, I remember so well, just returned from worshipping the images of our ancestors. And a brand new deep red felt wrapper of yours, dear grandmother, had been lying over there when suddenly it disappeared. But lo, she it was who had put it on. Being, however, too large and too long for her, she took a couple of handkerchiefs and fastened them round her waist. She was then trudging into the back court with the seven girls to make snowmen when she tripped and fell flat in front of the train and got covered all over with mud. As she narrated this incident, everyone recalled the circumstances to mind and had a good laugh. Dame Zhou, 
Pao Yu smilingly inquired of Nurse Joe. Is your young lady always as fond of pranks as ever or not? Nurse Joe then also gave a laugh. Pranks are nothing, Yin Chun smiled. What I do detest is her fondness for tittle-tattle. I've never seen anyone who, even when asleep, goes on chatter-chatter, now laughing and now talking, as she does. Nor can I make out where she gets all those idle yawns of hers. I think she's better of late, interposed Madame Wang. The other day some party or other came and they met, so she is to have a mother-in-law very soon. And can she still be comporting herself like that? Are you going to stay today? Elder Lady Jia then asked, or going back home? Nurse Joe smiled. Your venerable ladyship has not seen what an amount of clothes we have brought, she replied. We mean, of course, to stay a couple of days. Is Cousin Bao Yu not at home? inquired Xiang Yun. That's she's again. She doesn't think of others, remarked Bao Chai, smiling significantly. She only thinks of her cousin Bao Yu. They are both so fond of lies. This proves that she hasn't yet got rid of that spirit of mischief. You are all now grown up, observed old lady Jia, and you shouldn't allude to infant names. But while she was chiding them, they noticed Bao Yu arrive. Cousin Yun, have you come? He smiled. How is it that you wouldn't come the other day when someone was dispatched to fetch you? It's only a few minutes, Madame Wang said, since our venerable senior called that one to task. And now here he comes and refers to names and surnames. Your cousin Bao, ventured Lin Yu, has something good, which he has been waiting to give you. What good thing is it? asked Xiang Yun. Do you believe what she says? observed Bao Yu laughingly. But how many days is it that I have not seen you, and you have grown so much taller? Is cousin Jiren all right? inquired Xiang Yun. She's all right, answered Bao Yu. Many thanks for your kind thought of her. I've brought something nice for her, resumed Xiang Yun. Saying this, she produced her handkerchief, tied into a knot. Was this something nice? asked Bao Yu. Wouldn't it have been better if you brought her a couple of those rings with streaked stones of the kind you sent the other day? Why, what's this? exclaimed Xiang Yun laughing, opening as she spoke the handkerchief. On close scrutiny, they actually found four streaked rings, similar to those she had previously sent, tied up in the same packet. Look here, Lin Tai Yu smiled. What a girl she is. Had you went sending that fellow the other day to bring ours, given him these also to bring along with him, wouldn't it have saved trouble? Instead of that, here you fussily bring them yourself today. I presumed that it was something out of the way again. But is it really only these things? In very truth, you are a mere don'ts. It's you who behave like a don'ts now. Xi Xiangyun smiled. I'll speak out here and let everyone judge for themselves who is the dunes. The servant, deputed to bring the things to you, had no need to open his mouth and say anything. For as soon as they were brought in, it was of course evident, at a glance, that they were to be presented to you young ladies. But had he been the bearer of these things for them, I would have been under the necessity of explaining to him which was intended for this serving girl, and which for that? Had the messenger had his wits about him, 
well and good. But had he been at all stupid, he wouldn't have been able to remember so much as the names of the girls. He would have made an awful mess of it and talked a lot of nonsense. So instead of being of any use, he would have even muddled higgity-piggity your things. Had a female servant been dispatched, it would have been all right. But as it happened, a servant boy was again sent the other day, so how could he have mentioned the names of the wedding girls? And by my bringing them in person to give them to them, doesn't it make things clearer? As she said this, she put down the four rings. One is for Sister Jiren, she continued. One is for Sister Yuanyang, one for Sister Jinchuan'er, and one for Sister Ping'er. They are only for these four girls. But would the servant boys, two forsooth, have remembered them so clearly? At these words, the whole company smiled. How really clear, they cried. This is what it is to be able to speak, Pao Yu put in. She doesn't spare anyone. Hearing this, Lin Daiyu gave a sardonic smile. If she didn't know how to use her tongue, she observed, would she deserve to wear that unicorn of gold? While speaking, she rose and walked off. Luckily, everyone did not hear what she said. Only Xie Bao Chai pursed up her lips and laughed. Bao Yu, however, had overheard her remark, and he blamed himself for having once more talked in a heedless manner. Unawares, his eye espied Bao Chai much amused, and he too could not suppress a smile. But at the sight of Bao Yu in laughter, Bao Chai hastily rose to her feet and withdrew. She went in search of Da Yu to have a chat and laugh with her. After Yu had tea, old lady Jia thereupon said to Xiang Yun, You'd better rest a while and then go and see your sisters-in-law. Besides, it's cool in the garden, so you can walk about with your cousins. Xiang Yun expressed her assent, and collecting the three rings, she wrapped them up and went and lay down to rest. Presently, she got up with the idea of paying visits to Lady Feng and her other relatives. Followed by a whole bevy of nurses and waiting maids, she repaired into Lady Feng's quarters on the off side. She bandied words with her for a while, and then coming out, she betook herself into the garden of Broad Vista and called on Li Gong Chai. But after a short visit, she turned her steps towards the Yihong court to look up Jiren. You people needn't, she said, turning her head round. Come along with me. You may go and see your friends and relatives. It will be quite enough if you simply leave Chui Lu to wait upon me. Hearing her wishes, each went her own way in quest of aunts or sisters-in-law. There only remained but Xiang Yun and Chui Lu. How is it, inquired Chui Lu, that these lotus flowers have not yet opened? The proper season hasn't yet arrived rejoined Xi Xiangyun. They too continued Lu resemble those in our pond. They are double flowers. These here, remarked Xiangyun, are not however up to ours. They are over there, observed Lu a pomegranate tree with four or five branches joined one to another, just like one story raised above another story. What trouble it must have caused them to rear. Flowers and plants, suggested Xi Xiangyun, are precisely like the human race, 
with sufficient vitality they grow up in a healthy condition. I can't credit these words, replied Chu Lu, twisting her face around. If you maintain that they are like human beings, how is it that I haven't seen any person with one head growing over another? This rejoinder evoked a smile from Jiang Yun. I tell you not to talk, she cried, but you will insist upon talking. How do you expect people to be able to answer everything you say? All things, whether in heaven or on earth, come into existence by the cooperation of the dual powers, the male and female. So all things, whether good or bad, novel or strange, and all those manifold changes and transformations arise entirely from the favorable or adverse influence exercised by the male and female powers. And though some things seldom seen by mankind might come to life, the principle at work is, after all, the same. In the face of these arguments laughed Chulu. Everything, from old till now, from the very creation itself, embodies a certain proportion of the yin and yang principles. You stupid thing, exclaimed Xiang Yun, smiling. The more you talk, the more stuff and nonsense falls from your lips. What about everything embodying a certain proportion of the principles yin and yang? Besides, the two words yin and yang are really one word. For when the yang principle is exhausted, it becomes the yin. And when the yin is exhausted, it becomes yang. And it isn't that. At the exhaustion of the yin, another yang comes into existence. And that, at the exhaustion of the yang, a second yin arises. This trash is sufficient to kill me, ejaculated Chu Lu. What are the yin and yang? Why? They are without substance or form. But pray, miss, tell me what sort of things this yin and yang can be. The yin and yang, explained Xiang Yun, are no more than spirits, but anything affected by their influence at once assumes form. The heavens, for instance, are yang, and the earth is yin. Water is yin, and fire is yang. The sun is yang, and the moon yin. Quite so, quite so, cried out Chi Lu. Much amused by these explanations, I've at length attained perception. It isn't strange, then, that people invariably call the sun Taiyang, while astrologers keep on speaking of the moon as Taiyin Xin, or something like it. It must be on account of this principle. Ami Tofu laughed Xiang Yun. You have at last understood. All these things possess the yin and yang. That's all right, Chulu put in. But is there any likelihood that all those mosquitoes, fleas, and worms, flowers, herbs, bricks, and tiles have in like manner anything to do with the yin and yang? How don't they? exclaimed Xiang Yun. For example, even the leaves of that tree are distinguished by yin and yang. The side which looks up and faces the sun, is called yang, while that in the shade and looking downwards is called yin. Is it really so? ejaculated Chulu upon hearing this, while she smiled and nodded her head. Now I know all about it, but which is yang and which yin in these fans we are holding? 
This side, the front, is Yang, answered Jiang Yun, and that, the reverse, is Yin. Chui Lu went on to nod her head and to laugh. She felt inclined to apply her questions to several other things, but as she could not fix her mind upon anything in particular, she all of a sudden drooped her head, catching sight of the pendant in gold, representing a unicorn, which Xiang Yun had about her person, she forthwith made allusion to it. This, miss, she said, smiling, cannot likely also have any yin and yang. The beasts of the field and the birds of the air, proceeded Xiang Yun, are the cockbirds, yang, and the henbirds, yin. The females of beasts are yin, and the males, yang. So how is there none? Is this male or is this female? inquired Chu Lu. Chui, exclaimed Xiang Yun, what about male and female? Here you are with your nonsense again. Well, never mind about that, added Chu Lu. But how is it that all things have yin and yang, and that we human beings have no yin and no yang? Xiang Yun then lowered her face. You low-bred thing she exclaimed. But it's better for us to proceed on our way, for the more questions you ask, the nicer they get. What's there in this that you can't tell me? asked Chui Lu. But I know all about it, so there's no need for you to keep me on pins and needles. Shang Yun blurted out laughing. What do you know? she said. That you, miss, are Yang, and that I'm in, answered Chui Lu. Xiang Yun produced her handkerchief and, while screening her mouth with it, burst out into a loud fit of laughter. What I say must be right for you to laugh in this way, Chu Lu observed. Perfectly right, perfectly right, acquiesced Xiang Yun. People say, continued Chu Lu, that masters are Yang and that servant girls are Yin. Don't I even apprehend this primary principle? You apprehend it thoroughly responded Xiang Yun laughingly. But while she was speaking, she espied, under the trellis with the cinnamon roses, something glistening like gold. Do you see that? What is it? Xiang Yun asked, pointing at it. Hearing this, Chui Liu hastily went over and picked up the object. While scrutinizing it, she observed with a smile, Let us find out whether it's yin or yang. So saying, she first laid hold of the unicorn belonging to Xi Xiang Yun and passed it under inspection. Xi Xiang Yun longed to be shown what she had picked up, but Chui Lu would not open her hand. It's a precious gem, she smiled. You mayn't see it. Miss, where can it be from? How very strange it is. I've never seen anyone in here with anything of the kind. Give it to me and let me look at it, retorted Xiang Yun. Chui Lu stretched out her hand with a dash. Yes, miss, please look at it, she laughed. Xiang Yun raised her eyes. She perceived at a glance that it was a golden unicorn, so beautiful and so bright, and so much larger and handsomer than the one she had on. Xiang Yun put out her arm and, taking the gem in the palm of her hand, she fell into a silent reverie and uttered not a word. She was quite absent-minded when suddenly Bao Yu appeared in the opposite direction. What are you two? he asked, smiling. 
doing here in the sun? How is it you don't go and find Zheren? Xi Xiangyun precipitately concealed the unicorn. We were just going, she replied. So let us all go together. Conversing, they in the company went the steps into the Yihong court. Zheren was leaning on the balustrade at the bottom of the steps. Her face turned to the breeze. Upon unexpectedly seeing Xiangyun arrive, she with alacrity rushed down to greet her and taking her hand in hers. They cheerfully canvassed the events that had transpired during the separation while they entered the room and took a seat. You should have come earlier, Bao Yu said. I've got something nice and was only waiting for you. Saying this, he searched and searched about his person. After a long interval, Aya, he ejaculated. Have you perchance put that thing away? He eagerly asked Jiren. What thing? inquired Jiren. The unicorn, explained Bao Yu. I got the other day. You have daily worn it about you, and how is it you asked me? remarked Jiren. As soon as her answer fell on his ear, Bao Yu clapped his hands. I've lost it, he cried. Where can I go and look for it? There and then he meant to go and search in person, but Xi Xiangyun heard his inquiries and concluded that it must be he who had lost the gem. When did you two, she promptly smiled, get a unicorn? I got it the other day after ever so much trouble, rejoined Bao Yu. But I can't make out when I can have lost it. I've also become quite addle-headed. Fortunately, smiled Xi Xiangyun, it's only a sort of a toy. Still, are you so careless? While speaking, she flung open her hand. Just see, she laughed. Is it this or not? As soon as he saw it, Bao Yi was seized with unwanted delight. But reader, if you care to know the cause of his delight, peruse the explanation contained in the next chapter. End of section 14